Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox, episode 14. I gave my website a spit shine, wiped the hard drive, did a fresh install of the OS. It'll make things easier for you guys. It's got a link for the podcast in there, which you can sign up for the newsletter. You can see my appearances at conventions. So check it out, kyleabear.com. Otherwise, you'll just have to check. Oh, crap. Didn't think you'd say it so early. A link in the show notes. Hey, what cell phone do you miss? I miss my T-Mobile sidekick. I don't really miss the T-Mobile service, though. That was god-awful. Crimson, what about you? My first phone was an old black Motorola Razor when those were really popular. I had recorded the Shaman King opening theme on it as my ringtone, and I had it for years. And it was my first cell phone. Hey, Kyle. It's Bobby Steele from Mesa, Arizona. My favorite older phone that I no longer use is a Samsung SEHU410. Keep up the great work and looking forward to your next episode. Boost! Drib Scott says, Nokia candy bar. The battery lasted forever! Eric Flynn says, I loved my old Nokia flip phone. There's a lot of Nokia love here. I don't remember the exact model, but I do remember that it looked exactly like the one Zach Fair had in Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. Let's check the Satcats messages. Those folks that donated Satoshis. Pass Satoshi to the podcast guy. I said, pass Satoshi to the podcast guy. Chad Farrow says, you nailed the Dave Jones impression. I don't remember ever doing an impression of Dave Jones on the Podcasting 2.0 podcast. Chad, thank you for 1,000 sats sent using Podfriend. Stephen B. from CurioCaster, 4,900 sats sent. He says, I really enjoyed your insight regarding voice acting. Super interesting. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll cover more aspects of the industry in the future. The aforementioned Dreb Scott says, Dave Jones rocks. Go podcasting. Boost. Another great episode. Dave Jones does rock, and so does Adam Curry. Podcasting 2.0, a weekly podcast dedicated to the evolution of podcasting. Oh, and Dreb sent a total of 45,783 Satoshis using Martin Morrison's awesome Podfriend app. These great podcasting 2.0 apps are evolving all the time. Check them out. Newpodcastapps.com. Download them. Play with them. Get your podcast wallet set up so you can start streaming Satoshis and custom messages with CurioCaster and Podfriend. And that list will grow, folks. New question of the week. What did you think of the Suicide Squad? I thought it was a lot of fun. Edgier than Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, because of <laughs> gore and profanity. But I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the Guardians flicks. And I don't know if it's an aesthetic thing because I didn't go see it in theaters. I watched it on HBO Max. And I want to see these big movies on the big screen. But uh, my wife and I are just like, not ready to go back to theaters just yet. I saw some of the press regarding that, oh yeah, Suicide Squad was a little disappointing at the box office. There's a pandemic, folks. I wouldn't call this movie a failure by any stretch of the imagination. This hybrid distribution model, streaming and theater day and date type thing, it's experimental. Anyway, go to kylelabor.com, click on the podcast link, and leave a voicemail. Let me know your thoughts on James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I think Cena had the best lines. I used to listen to old-time radio shows like The Shadow when I was a kid. Theater of the Mind is a great source of inspiration for me 
to become a voice actor alongside experiencing the genius of Mel Blanc. Podcasting and online audio dramas like Neil Gaiman's Sandman on Audible, which you can get for free right now, I believe, I think, have uh, helped pave the way for more similar projects, ushering in a new era of next-gen radio theater. Man, I want to play in that playground so bad. HBO Max, like Netflix, is set to add podcast content, including, wait for it, Batman The Audio Adventures. The tone is said to mesh the animated series with the campy fun of the 60s TV show. It's being written and directed by SNL writer Dennis McNicholas. Jeffrey Wright from Westworld will approach the mic as the Dark Knight. Kind of funny since he's actually the next live-action Commissioner Gordon in the Robert Pattinson Batman movie. And he'll also be heard in another animated VO role as the Watcher in Disney Plus Marvel's What If series. And all us regular voice actor peeps are are, are jealous of, of the gig, but yeah, yeah, I get it. Hollywood wants to stunt cast to get people to listen. Rosario Dawson will portray Catwoman. John Leguizamo as the Riddler. If this was a cartoon with regular voice actors and not during a pandemic, the cast would record together like a radio play. But with celeb casting and scheduling, they're probably going to do it like anime or video game sessions and record everyone separately. And recording separately also gives editors more wiggle room, even though any actor will tell you it's way more satisfying to be able to play off each other to enhance the performance, you know, be in the same room. Plus, you get to watch them screw up and you don't get quite as self-conscious when you make mistakes and blow takes. Batman the Audio Adventures will be blasting into your ear holes this fall. In 2012, the little sci-fi thriller that could gave a really cool spin on the found footage genre. I'm talking about Chronicle, which had a low-budget live-action Akira feel. Teens with telekinetic powers spiraling out of control, dogs and cats living together mass hysteria, Sequel plans stalled for years. And speaking of Akira, actually, Leo DiCaprio's production company was supposed to tackle a live-action adaptation of that. Luckily, that never materialized. Moving things from Neo-Tokyo to New Manhattan? Aye. Anyway, it looks like things are moving forward for a Chronicle sequel, this time with female college grads obtaining these powers. Throw in some social commentary on cover-ups in the media, and you get Chronicle 2, Electric Boogaloo. Bring in some more mid-air DBZ-style fights, all documented through random cell phones and CCTVs. People always learn the hard way. You see underground glowy things, no touchy. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go seek it out. Chronicle. One of the more popular anime titles in recent years is My Hero Academia. I voice Batgum, who wants candy, who has developed quite a following considering he's not in it very much. Uh, He is definitely obese. But no clue what the gum has to do with anything, since he's never seen chewing any, or it's not stretchy like gum, or doesn't blow bubbles or anything. But uh, Homeboy loves to eat. His Pop Funko figure just dropped as a GameStop exclusive and instantly sold out. Retail for 25 bucks. I was recently at Atlanta Comic Con, and I signed a bunch at my booth, and some vendors had it listed at $100. Fat gum, he's huge. Shaped like a giant egg with limbs. He wears a yellow hoodie, a bandit mask, gloves and boots with protective pads, and disturbingly large teeth. It's a world where superheroes are commonplace. Their powers are called quirks. Fat Gum's quirk can absorb attacks and even bad guys themselves. Like, if he gets hit enough, the energy from the punches converts his fat into muscle. And he can temporarily go from Fat Gum to Fit Gum. He has enhanced strength, intelligence, speed, durability, stamina. There's a lot to love here. Literally. CBR posted 10 things that don't make sense about Fat Gum. He's ranked number 58 on the Pro Hero charts. 58? Talk about fat shaming. He has a fat form and a skinny form. Why he goes back to fat is 
anybody's guess. He can transport people inside his body in a move called Fat Taxi. Take that, Elon. His facial appearance is radically different in skinny form, namely his teeth shrink. Wonder what that does to cavities. Fatgum used to be a cop. You'd think he'd be wearing a giant target as big as he is. Strength levels are kind of inconsistent. I don't know, because anime? He absorbs bad guys into his fat to stop them, and it never causes any permanent damage, although their therapy bill might tell a different story. Heroes of an older age usually end up being teachers at the superhero high school. Fatgum is such a jolly soul, you think he'd make a great teacher. Guess he saw what they make per year and ran away. His fat can become kinetic energy. Great offense. Shame he basically loses all defense. And lastly, he eats enough to make an elephant want to go home and rethink his life. Anybody remember in television, Atari's mortal enemy in the OG video game wars? It had tethered controllers that looked more like a calculator with a scroll wheel instead of a thumb pad or a joystick. An arsenal of titles that were offshoots of more popular arcade titles with slightly better graphics, though, I guess, than the Atari 2600. These guys are back with a new console and is delayed again and again and again. This one totally went under my radar, actually. The Amico is a family and budget-friendly entertainment system. Not portable, it is small and very streamlined. Downloadable games only, with an average price for those titles between three and eight bucks. Now that is attractive. The Amico looks like a white modem with controllers that remind me of older Apple TV remotes, and which have a color. And they have a color screen on... on and they have a color screen on the controller. That's pretty key. Now, this was originally uh, set to drop in October 2020. You know, the year that made a dumpster fire look preferable. Component shortages pushed it to spring of this year. That came and went. Emails sent to folks uh, recently who pre-ordered were promised a gift to make up for the super long wait. We're sorry, don't ask for a refund. Set to retail for less than $200. Is there room in the market for another console? especially from a company that hasn't been in the game, pun intended, for decades. While I don't think the big three have anything to fear, I do have a feeling that Steam Deck has a way better chance of succeeding, even though 2021 has been like, hold my beer. Here on the intergalactic boombox, we got a new life form here on board. Just picked up this little alien dude outside the Gabba Gamma Hey Beta Zeta Theta Eta Pi Quadrant. Everybody say hello to, uh, what's your name? Does that mean you have breathing difficulties? Damien, why you do this to me? So you're Damien Karras' mom from The Exorcist? Asthma. Ed Asthma. Ed Asthma. That's cute. Uh, oh, wait a second. ASMR. Asthma. Oh, your, your voice is oddly relaxing, like ASMR. You're like the Bob Ross of aliens, minus the fro. Plus a weird accent I can't quite identify. I'm in love with you, Portly. It's healthy on the low, low. I do love me some Chipotle. And I do love me some System of a Down. Excellent taste in music, dude. Wait a second. I'm going to need my AI assistant's help here. Yo, Baba! Great Johnny Knoxville's toe cheese. What is it now? Hey, Baba, what's ASMR stand for? What? Do they speak English and what? Oh, hush, you. ASMR. Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. <laughs> Best prog rock band name ever. I am stuck on Band-Aid because Band-Aid stuck on me. So Asmara communicates in obscure quotes and commercial jingles <laughs> that 
Asthma? Is that a vape pen? <coughs> well, at least your vape smells like blueberry cheesecake. Give me the cash. And that's a very nice hat you're wearing, by the way. You like it? That's my favorite character in Fifth Element. Do the dance. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. Yeah! While I play Call of Duty daily and have almost nothing to show for it, Left 4 Dead and its sequel rank as my all-time favorite shooters. I noticed I'm not alone in wishing a third Left 4 Dead would surface. Alas, that is not meant to be. But a spiritual successor is on the horizon. Yeah, Turtle Rock Studios' Back for Blood will scratch that itch to blow away the undead in co-op glory, but also throws in randomized experiences via cards in-game, offering infinite replay possibilities. Did you get to play the early access beta? I've heard good things. Let me know your thoughts, kyleabear.com. Click on the podcast icon and record a voicemail. Or drop me an email, theintergalacticboombox at gmail.com. Is Back for Blood a masterpiece in the making? A fuster clock? Meh. I got the special digital edition pre-ordered, and that countdown clock to October can't run fast enough. Thank you so much for the support, the word of mouth, the tweets, the sats, the downloads, the follows. Thank you so much, fam. Until next week, I'll see you on the flippity-floppity.